If you are in Sydney or Melbourne, listen up because we have some exciting news for you. Listen. Yeah, listen. Saturday, July. (laughs) Melbourne, we are doing Do Go On The Quiz Show live one night only or one afternoon only. Part of the Replay Festival at Comedy Republic on Saturday, July 6th at 3pm. This is 2024. And then the next weekend in Sydney, we are going up for a live Do Go On podcast at the fabulous Ritz Cinema on Saturday, July 13th at 3pm. Also 2024. Yeah, 2024. Yeah. Listen. 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 And get tickets. Buy tickets. Tickets at dogoonpod.com. Come. Let's do it. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, it's just Matt here dropping in quickly to tell you that our UK tour is now on sale. The London show has sold out and the Bristol show, I think, is pretty much sold out or is just about to be sold out. But there are tickets left to some of the other shows, which are in Leeds. Uh, They're also in Birmingham and Glasgow and they're going to be a great time. But here's some exciting news. Dave has been able to make an extra London show happen. It's going to be at the same venue as the other, uh, only on a little bit earlier, I suppose. We can't do them at the same time. And tickets to that are going to go on sale this Monday, September the 30th at 11 a.m. London time. So, um, yeah, if you want to get tickets to those, obviously get ready to jump on and get on board at 11 a.m. London time on Monday, September 30th. Uh, anyhow, uh, this show is live in Sydney that we've just recorded last week and it's so much fun and we'll be back after the show to chat with Alan Andy from Two in the Think Tank and to do some Patreon reads. I've already done it and it was a whole heap of fun. Anyway, all of that to look forward to. On with the show. Good evening. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Those that are wooing are correct. <laughs> Can I get a woo? One, two, three. Woo! Correct. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the live interactive 3D do-go-on experience. Tonight they'll be talking, walking, and possibly a little bit of porking. All right. <laughs> Jess is going to hate that I said that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, can you please welcome to the stage all the way from Melbourne, Australia? It's Do Go On, Matt, Jess, and me, Dave! (laughs) 
Uh, first of all, I just thought it would be funny if I pointed to one person who gave him a lot of thumbs up and you were really confused. <laughs> He's recognised me. I don't know him. I do not know him. Uh, guys, thank you so much for coming out. Uh, can you please give it up for my esteemed colleagues, Jess and Matt. Hi, guys. Thank Hello. you so much. Thank you. Hello. Thank you so much. Hello. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hello. Thank you so much. Hello. Moritz is here. Moritz, hey, man. Thank you. Thank you. Brisbane thank you. show. That doesn't mean anything to you. No. But it means something to you. <laughs> it's yeah. Maritza's mum, everybody. <laughs> mom Thank you. Here. Thank you so much for bringing us <laughs> on. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate you. It's going to be a long show if <laughs> yeah. you insist on shaking everyone's yeah. hands. You're all going to get a go. You get a go. Have a go. You get a go, they say. Go Sharky. <laughs> yeah. All right. Trying a bit of local gear <laughs> yeah, early. Sorry? Uh, do you guys not have ScoMo up here? <laughs> he's yours. He's one of yours. <laughs> no, no, he's one. Yeah, no, you can have, have him. You can have him. Oh, you really killed the mood with ScoMo talk. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, don't worry, I'll talk about Bill Shorten. Oh, yeah. That'll get him back. <laughs> no, he's not even in charge anymore. In charge of nothing. What anyway. about Hawkey? <laughs> yeah, right. A couple, couple, couple of hawk heads in. <laughs> the rest of the show is literally listing male politicians. <laughs> Jess, have a go, have a go. Um, uh, <laughs> Put her on the spot here. Um, uh, Peter Costello. Don't help me. Did you say Peter Dave, Sellers? help me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Peter Sellers, yeah. Okay. He's one of the best. He'd be great. Would vote for him. I'm going to sit down now. All right, we'll all sit down on the count of three. One, two, three. That's weird. Thank you. Thank you you so much. Yeah, you you all went a little bit early and sat down about ten minutes ago, but that's okay. Um, That was rude. Um, That's all right. It's Saturday night. I'm feeling a little bit loose. How are you guys going? The chairs swivel. I know. That's dangerous. Yeah, that is dangerous. (laughs) It's going to be really... It's probably actually going to be quite annoying to look at for an hour. Because there's no way we're sitting still. I'm Go going on. around the world. Dave, explain what this show is. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us. Let's just see. Uh, on the, well, on the, don't have to do a count of three. Just give me a round of applause if you've ever heard the show before. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, right. thank you very much. Uh, other end of the scale. Don't be shy now. We always ask this. And uh, I enjoy finding out who's here. Uh, give me a round of applause if you've never heard the show before. Yeah! Yeah, yeah and I'm leaving now. I'm not going to lose this record. That's good. That was, That's and that was an excited cheer. Yeah, and that was enthusiasm for trying something so, new. Are yeah, you, I like that. So you're being pointed to as someone who hasn't heard the show. Yeah, you're being pointed to by your piece of shit friend. <laughs> you, are, you are hating it hardcore. And so you're, in, you're in the front row. Yeah. People up the back would pay good money for that seat. Well, not yeah. that good of money, because there's one there that no one has t- <laughs> taken. <laughs> uh, I will be auctioning it to the highest bidder. Oh. Your other friend who's not here. Your friend uh, went for ramen. I'd probably choose ramen. I ramen too, sounds actually. great. Oh, that was the sound of 200 people feeling regret. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Was ramen an option? What? <laughs> you can get ramen. Yeah, well, I get it, but we're all here now and um, we've locked the doors. Yeah. So. <laughs> it did sound like... Well, for those who haven't heard the show before, uh, for example, you, um, I will keep referring to you throughout the show. Um, basically, what this show is, uh, one of us uh, takes it in turns each week to report on a topic often suggested by a listener. The other two people don't know what it's going to be. And tonight it is our beautiful friend, Matt Stewart's oh, return. Stop uh, it. <laughs> we love this guy. Thank you so much for calling me beautiful. I've been hanging out for years to yeah, use right. those words. Doing everything right. 
physically. Yeah. And, but and now that you've heard it, are you done with the pod? Yeah, I don't even know what, what, what do I bother with this for anymore. Yeah. So thanks for having me <laughs> <laughs> over the journey. I got what I wanted. <laughs> Validation. <laughs> I don't even have the guts to commit to it a little bit, the walk-off, but... Um, it's too hard with the mics. Yeah. That's why we need headset Madonna mics. Yes. Oh, that then I can dramatically storm off any time. The literal dream. Oh. It is a longish report potentially, so we should maybe get. Stuck okay, into great, it. great, great, great. So great. to get onto topic, uh, we always ask a question, which I b- believe Matt will ask Jess and I, and then when we can't get it, we'll probably throw it to you guys. You don't know that we can't. Okay. I don't think you'll get this Sorry one. Yeah, oh. but you don't know. You don't well, know let's me. Let's find out. After yeah, I, re- I reckon you've got absolutely no chance. But let's see. <laughs> Love a challenge. The question tonight is, which 19th century sex cult evolved... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got it. I've got this. I've got this. <laughs> Seriously, I could stop you right there. <laughs> well, you have. <laughs> I want to hear, what have you got so far? Yeah, what do you got, smart man? Um, fuck, I've gone to Germany. I'm so sorry. Um, sorry. B- Bavarian b- b- beaver fuckers. <laughs> First thing that came to my head, first thing. And that is an actual thing. That yeah. is a thing? Yes, that is correct. I knew. I know that's a thing. <laughs> no, it is not. All right. It's not the Bavarian beaver fuckers, oh. no. Um, full question uh, for Jess. Dave, you've buzzed out already. <laughs> Which 19th century sex cult evolved into a dinnerware company? <laughs> I, <think laughs> I mean... I've been to several dinner parties where people have been wearing beaver hats. <laughs> several. Can you think of a dinnerware company? Yeah. Um, Peter Jackson. Did you get that ad here? That's Suits. That's Suits. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that the dinners I go to, you wear a suit. I wear a suit to my That's a bad sign. He's had half a beard. <laughs> and I mean... That's a generous... It's generous to say I've had half a beer. <laughs> oh, man. No, I don't know the answer uh, to this. Okay, well, it is the... Oh, does the audience know? Oh, does anyone in the audience know? Oh. No. No. <laughs> you oh, you were saying no. Oh. Great. You took, a, took, a, took everyone's... <laughs> All right. Okay, the answer is the Oneida community, a.k.a. the perfectionists, a.k.a. the Bible communists. When I dine, I wear the Bible communists. (laughs) Ringing any bells? No. Absolutely none. I was suggested by three people into the hat, uh, including from New York, Jeff Mullen, uh, from Virginia, Will Cardolo, and also from Virginia, Maximilian Duke. Oh, that's a good name. (laughs) That's a good porn name, actually. (laughs) And I'm guessing none of them are in here tonight. (laughs) I hope not, because you literally laughed at his name. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't know to up until after that. Well, anyway, let us begin the story. Please. In 1811, John Humphrey Noyes was born in Vermont. <laughs> he's, he's the guy who goes on to start this sex cult. Ah. Little sizzle there. Okay. So that, wasn't, that wasn't sizzle, that was just an outright spoiler. Spoiler, little, little spoiler, spoiler there. Yeah. So, uh, Noyes, he was born in Vermont, Dave's favourite... Oh, the best US state, am I right? Vermont. Home of the creamy. Home of the creamy, home of 
other things. <laughs> Big fan of Vermont. His parents were wealthy. His father uh, worked at various times as a businessman, a teacher, a minister, and a congressman. So he had a pretty varied career, and that's all I'm going to talk about him. <laughs> um, in 1830, Noyes graduated from Dartmouth College and went on to study law. But after only a year, he lost interest in the law after discovering the work of evan evangelist Charles Finney, uh, leading him to drop out of law to become a Christian minister instead, first enrolling at the Andover Theological Seminary before transferring to Yale University. Mm. Hey, yeah, that's pretty. That's a thing I've heard of. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good start. Yeah. The new religious trend back then, so we're talking like, uh, you know, the early to mid-1800s, uh, the, the new religious trend of that time that had caught his attention... What's the current religious trend? <laughs> yeah, what's trending in religion? <laughs> <laughs> Matt's our religious reporter on our cool breakfast show. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Matt, what's trending in religion this week? That's a tough one. <laughs> I'm a bit out of the loop there, God, I'm afraid. You are bad at your job on this <laughs> breakfast show. Um, oh, man, I wasn't expecting that question. <laughs> you wasn't expecting a question about religion <laughs> on his religious segment. <laughs> That's funny. That is classic Matt I might Stewart. have to confiscate your beer, mate. Um, <laughs> it's a bit much for the little fella. For those, for those listening at home, he's just gone beyond the neck of his stubby. Very proud of you. Good job. He Let does Maddie talk for a bit. Uh, yeah, but what, what you don't know is that that's not beer, that's gin. <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke when people are drinking water. <laughs> They're like, that's not water, that's vodka. Yeah. Well, that's not beer. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> One more and I'm taking it away. All right? You are not my dad. <laughs> <laughs> The revelations have begun he early. Has. Oh, revelations, religious man. All right. <laughs> Bring him in. Oh, man. The new religious trend that had caught his attention, Noise's attention, was called millenarianism. Everyone, you would all be familiar with this one. According to an article on timeline.com by Megan Day, which I'll refer to a little bit, the millenarian. <laughs> The millennialism <laughs> movement was dynamic and extravagant. <laughs> and their revivals were ecstatic affairs. A preacher's voice would tremble with emotion, waxing and waning rhythmically as onlookers wept, convulsed, or collapsed. <laughs> Congregants... Oh, dear. It's <laughs> <laughs> a long way to go. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have started <laughs> drinking the salvo, <laughs> but... At this stage, Jess is... Going to have to take over both our roles. <laughs> <laughs> Congregants were overcome by what one preacher called waves of liquid love. <laughs> Though people weren't literally having sex during the sermons, revivals did blur religious and sexual experience lines and sanctliness with sin. Just quoting an article. <laughs> Noise bloody loved it. He was so... He's like, oh, fuck the law. Let's get into this sexy religion. <laughs> By all accounts, he was a real horny young fella. 
Are you uh, quoting an article again? <laughs> Most articles I read said something like, the man was a hornbag. <laughs> Um, Something to that effect, yeah. Yeah, but he was studying to be a minister and he had to stay celibate and he struggled with that. <laughs> this is from his diary at the time. I cannot, and remember, it's like old-timey language, but anyway, you, I think you get what he's saying. I cannot send abroad my thoughts in any direction without crossing the track of some polluted image. <laughs> <laughs> Going on to say, a thousand needless suggestions of impurity occurred daily to blast my endeavours after holiness. <laughs> Can't stop thinking about boobs. Yeah, boobs. <laughs> I think it's boobs, yeah. Yeah. Translation, I need a root. <laughs> I need a root. Luckily for him... <laughs> Guys, what can I say? I speak old-timey. Speak old-timey. I, I think root... Is root... I think root isn't even a... Like, in America, root means support. Isn't that beautiful? I love the... I love culture. I love culture. Isn't that beautiful? You go over there and say, I'm rooting for your team. That means a very different thing. <laughs> over there, it means you're supporting your team. <laughs> oh, I've done. No, I've got to make a phone call. Um, <laughs> I've done a real bad thing <laughs> at Madison Square Garden. Uh, luckily for him, he found a train of Christian thought called perfectionism. According to Day, the doctrine of perfectionism maintained that no outward act was sinful if one's heart and love for Christ were pure. Oh, I love that loophole. How that's a sick loophole. <laughs> so I did he. Loophole. He loved it too. Uh, it's not a sin. Um, I was thinking really nice shit, so... I was rooting for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean that in the American sense for the Bible Belt listeners tonight. Okay. <laughs> This idea enabled Noyes to believe that once converted, you would be permanently free of sin. After declaring this publicly, he was booted out of the seminary at Yale. Apparently the head honchos there were pretty firm on the idea of sin being a real thing. <laughs> huh. Yeah, they wouldn't budge. Yeah, you don't say. After his expulsion, he was asked if he'd keep preaching, and he replied, I've taken away their license to sin, and they keep on sinning. So although they've taken away my license to preach, I shall keep on preaching. He's a sassy bitch. <laughs> That's why I relate to him. <laughs> uh, do you also have a license to preach? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got a license to beach. He's <laughs> 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 close, no, close to a it. thing there. <laughs> Another one of Noise's controversial beliefs was that the second coming of Jesus that had already occurred. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he had a very different definition. <laughs> he believed that it had happened not long after the first coming of Jesus, within one, one generation. Wow, he really backed it up then. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's hard to do. Somehow, <laughs> somehow this belief that the second coming had already occurred led him to believe that it was time to start ushering in heaven on earth or something like that. I couldn't fully f follow his logic a lot of the time, but something like that, right? He seemingly loved to take logical leaps like that. For instance, he made the assumption that the angels in heaven were having sex. I don't know what he based that on, but he, he believed that. 
And so if they were having sex, then that was heavenly behaviour. And it was unlikely that they would be having monogamous relationships in heaven. They're sure. angels. Yeah. And if that were the case, surely humans on earth should also be boning whoever as well. <laughs> That's the heavenly thing to do. This is all making sense so far. <laughs> he started publishing a journal called The Perfectionist, helping him, contact with, uh, helping him stay in contact with other horny Christians <laughs> as he wrote, advocating non-monogamy. He was getting letters like, I'm really liking where you're going with this. <laughs> so I can be Christian and I like it. Uh, he wrote, all experience testifies that sexual love is not naturally restricted to pairs. You can fuck bananas. <laughs> Apples. Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Praise be to Jesus, I guess. <laughs> suggesting that marriage not only leads... Uh, sorry, he suggested that marriage only leads to adultery. But as Day writes in her article, Noyes got married anyway <laughs> to a woman named Harriet Holton. And in 1838, the pair and a handful, a handful of converts set about building an intentional community, whatever the fuck that means, in Putney, Vermont. Creamy country. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I finally figured out where they got the name <laughs> Creamy from. God, I'd love to try one. I think you just need to stop talking. Everything's sounding creepy now. I <laughs> uh, pronounce Creamy. <laughs> <laughs> Noise's crew called themselves the Bible Communists, and they worked with his controversial ideas about sex. Basically meaning that everyone was able to bone everyone else. Uh, Noise encouraged what they called a complex marriage system. Meaning that there was... So is that like in brackets or...? <laughs> I'll edit that pause out and post. Um, <laughs> so you'll sound like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> you so, got him. So no <laughs> Fair enough. Noise encouraged what they called a complex marriage system, meaning that there was an open and equal sexual union between all men and women. Or as Britannica describes it, every woman was the wife of every man, and every man was the husband of every woman. When Britannica gets involved, you know it's mm. legit. Mm. <laughs> Britannica goes on to say that Noise believed that the extended family system devised by him could dissolve selfishness and demonstrate the practicality of perfectionism on Earth. Okay. <laughs> he was a bit loopy. <laughs> okay. Ellen Whalen Smith is a college professor and descendant of the Noyes family. I think her, uh, uh, Noyes' sisters are her great-great-great-grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way it all worked, who knows which was which, but... Um, Anyway, Ellen Wayland. Does anyone else can't get over the fact that her name sounds so much like Wayland? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's so similar. Sorry. Wayland. Yeah. Um, Ellen Wayland Smith, so college professor. She recently researched the commune and wrote a book about it called Onida, or whatever that word is pronounced, the, which is also the title of this episode, from free love to the well-set table. So that's about the journey of sex to dinners. Um, 
According to her, Noyes believed that the more you had sex and the more evenly the sexual energy was spread throughout the whole body, the less sick you would be. Okay. You know how we've all got sexual energy that we're spreading around the body when we're boning people? Sure. Yeah, that stops you getting sick. <laughs> you get sick a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not drawing any conclusions. I'm just giving you the raw data. <laughs> uh, let, let the listener note that he pointed at Jess, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Thank you. I've never been sick. <laughs> Wayland Smith uh, goes on to say uh, that he, he believed death would disappear once you had attained perfect equilibrium of divine energy through all bodies in the community. Or according to Judy Burnham, writing for Gawker.com, Sex was literally electric to noise. It fueled a sort of heavenly battery with the power to support eternal life. Okay, what about food? <laughs> you don't need it anymore. No, I reckon you probably do. Especially if all you're doing is boning. Can't you get hungry? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> haven't, <laughs> I haven't eaten a meal in five years. We always thought he didn't eat much because his esophagus was so small. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because his libido is so big. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Wayland Smith. Wayland Smith also suggests that Noise's wild sex theories were born out of his own sexual frustration, saying. His first idea about spiritual wives came when the woman he was in love with married someone else. It's like, that's a convenient twist in your theology. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I should be able to have sex with your wife. <laughs> that's pretty much what it sounds like he did, yeah. And the communal thing came on the heels of that. When he realised he was never going to possess her exclusively, so he, he would possess her in tandem with other men. You There's don't turn your regret face away from them. Let well, I'm not, I'm not regretting... I mean, I'm just, I'm just reporting the facts. So, oh, I'm really doing this with my back to you guys. Let me swiv to you for a bit. Is this okay? Yeah, you? totally. I can read along with you. It's fun. Initially... Initially the pipe... Sorry. <laughs> I think we should all... If we all swiv... No. Let's all swiv this way for a little bit. Yeah, we'll rotate. We're like on a bus. <laughs> You're the driver. <laughs> Dave's the cool kid on the back for yeah. the first time in his fucking life. <laughs> yeah. I reckon he would be with all that boning. <laughs> it's true. He's, he's just reporting the facts. <laughs> <laughs> Initially, the Bible communist group was small, but they grew quickly, and in 1847, they needed to relocate to a larger property. Part of it was the need uh, to relocate was because of the local Vermont community as well. They were not on board with Noise's idea about free loving and second comings. <laughs> so they moved from Vermont to... I did write it phonetically at the top. One second. <laughs> Oneida. Can you remember that? <laughs> Oneida.
The font is so, so large. Big. It's so big. I can read it from here. Uh, Waylon Smith also <laughs> suggests that Noah's wild sex theories were born out of his own sexual frustration. It was all in capitals. Oh, nine, dad. <laughs> That's very cute. You're doing so well. Keep going. So, <laughs> so they moved from Vermont to an Oneida in New York State, which is where they get their Oneida community name from. Oh. According to Day, at first the Oneida compound was rudimentary. The Bible communists lived in old Native American dwellings on the property until they erected their first buildings <laughs> in 1848. They proceeded to alter traditional social arrangements and relationships, challenging norm after norm until a unique culture had been established. Newborn children, for example, lived with their mothers until the age of one and a half and were then relocated to the communal children's house. This arrangement... This is a feminist idea, you guys. <laughs> Matt, tell him. <laughs> Go on, say it. So I'm the feminist here, so... <laughs> so lean in, ladies, and listen to what I've got to say. This arrangement was a challenge to what Oneidans saw as uh, the tendency of adults to favour their own biological offspring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, almost like they take responsibility for their own children. Yeah, I don't give a shit about other people's kids. <laughs> Just your own? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk, all right. <laughs> uh, children, they argued, were not private property, but individual comedy... It says community, Community. Mate. Community. <laughs> community. Do you have a pronunciation for that written at the top of the... <laughs> just, just scroll right to the top for that one. Community. community. Uh, but individual community members, brothers and sisters in Christ. Life in the children's house was by all accounts pleasant. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, are we going over here now? How are we doing? Let's do it. I realise hey. I'm, I'm doing a lot of reading, not a lot of looking up. Is that it? So you're feeling, you know, wanted and needed? Because <laughs> if, do, if you don't, join my commune. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the community's population grew to a max of 300 members. And while Noise was its leader, it also had a very bureaucratic system with 27 standing committees and 48 administrative sections, according to writer Frank Makovec. According to Wayland Smith, there was a pecking order at Oneida in terms of who was more spiritual or who was more of a leader. But they were absolutely materially equal. Everybody wore the same clothes, everyone ate the same food, nobody owned anything. Members of the commune all had to pitch in with the running of the place from financial management down to unskilled labour, depending on their abilities. According to Berman, tasks at Oneida were never split among, along gender lines. Workdays for all residents were light and diverse, ranging from farm labour to white-collar work like medicine and journalism. Medicine. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was pointing at me. Mm. Dr. Perkins. <laughs> As the community grew, they also employed outsiders. By 1870, employing around 200 extra workers, making them one of the largest employers in the area. 
New couples to the commune were allowed to remain primary partners, but these marriages had to become open. This often led to jealousy from one of the partners, and when this occurred, Noyes would personally mediate the disputes. For instance, if the male was je a jealous partner, according to Day, he would say to him, I do not wish you to forget her, nor to love her less, but cannot you love her without claiming her? He referred to such possessiveness as sticky love. Which <laughs> 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 was, yeah, got to be one of the grossest terms I've ever heard. And he would put members in time out when their sticky love threatened group harmony. And members are people, not their junk, right? Yeah. Okay, great. They suggest that there were positives and negatives from the system, saying, on the plus side, women were more liberated at Oneida than almost anywhere else in America at that time. They were partners in community decision-making, and the community child-rearing arrangement relieved them of their non-stop domestic burdens, uh, so many had time to pursue personal creative endeavours. Apparently, at the time, the women in the broader American society would just have an average of seven kids, and their life would just be having a kid waiting, having another kid, back to back to back. So that's the average. So a lot of families were way bigger. And that was their whole life until basically they were old and then they died. Great. So <laughs> in some ways, this was a better place yeah. to live <laughs> for yeah. women. The commune suddenly sounds so good. <laughs> it really does. Uh, Noise had the men of the group practice a thing called sexual continence, which basically meant... The <laughs> uh, He's doing it right now. <laughs> Did he say what? Oh. <laughs> Are you not used to laughter at your, not at your stand up gigs? Is that or? what you think laughter sounds like? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, that's what it's like. Sexual continence. Sexual continence, which basically meant that while they were encouraged to have lots of sex, they weren't allowed to come. Oh. I wasn't sure what word to call. What do you? What's your favourite word for come? Uh, my my favourite word is sexual incontinence. Okay. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's clever. Mm. I think my favourite is probably splooge. <laughs> <laughs> Number two would be sprog. Sprog. But because I know this is an international podcast, I went with come, because that breaks down. That breaks down bar barriers. Come breaks is, down is barriers. Sprog feels Australian. Mm. If you touch it, don't you reckon? <laughs> Do not touch it. <laughs> so they practice sexual continence, allowed to have a lot of sex, but no coming. No, no, no! <laughs> this was in part to reduce the amount of pregnancies in the commune, uh, meaning that both partners could burn it up without consequences. Wayland Smith writes that her great-great-great-great-uncle compared not coming to rowing a boat in a stream above a waterfall, saying he, er he argued that... Though, uh, he argued... I'm so keen to hear this argument. <laughs> <laughs> he argued that through experience and training, the skillful boatman could learn the wisdom of confining his excursions to the region of easy rowing. Unless... Unless he has an object in view that is worth the cost of going over the falls. <laughs> the falls, in this case, being coming. <laughs> uh, he sounds like a real virgin, I've got to tell you. Apparently, he was, like, he, was a, he was a pretty geeky guy, but a, like a lot of cult leaders, just super charismatic, apparently. There's some people... 
there's not a lot of records from the time. It was a long time ago, but um, someone who was around when she was very young spoke about him in like the 1940s or something on record saying, it's hard to explain, but when he spoke, he just wanted to do what he said. He was just so charismatic. But then you see photos of him and he looks, he looks a bit like Dave. So. <laughs> charismatic, what can I say? Go together, yeah. I have often thought about becoming a cult leader. I really have. Between... No? <laughs> Between 1848 and 1868, hundreds of men practiced male continence at Oneida and only 12 unplanned births resulted, meaning that it had, pretty, had a pretty high success rate as a form of birth control, the continence thing. That's mostly because most of them uh, are thinking about rowing whilst having sex, <laughs> and it is not sexy at all. Um, rowing's not sexy. <laughs> you haven't seen me do it. <laughs> 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 Procreating wasn't banned, you'd be interested to find, uh, but it wasn't up to the individuals to choose who they would have kids with. The community practised something called stirp culture, which meant mating partners were matched together based on whose supposed moral strengths and flaws complemented each other, supposedly ensuring perfect moral children were produced. The right. hotties, the hot ones. Morally hot. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spiritually sexy. <laughs> is, is, is the idea that, like, you're an alcoholic, you don't drink at all, your children will be half an alcoholic? <laughs> so... There's more moral than that, but, yeah, more like, um, I don't have morals. But, you know, <laughs> if you could think of a moral thing, then that and, yeah, etc. Uh, the use of stirrup culture came about when Noyes was shocked to find that despite all the boning and spreading of sexual energy, people on the commune were still dying. Now he thought it was going to make them... Super healthy. Super healthy and yeah. immune to death. Never sick. It did not happen that way. Old people kept dying and he's like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> We're doing all the boning stuff. What the fuck? We're doing all the rules that I made up. I don't understand. <laughs> what else are you going to do? According to Wayland Smith, stirp culture was part two of his immortality plan. <laughs> he was like, okay, it's not working the way we are. So we're going to... We're going to breed people to be immortal. So that's what the stirp culture was. So moral, so full of the right energies that they'll never die, right? Day writes that in the area of procreation, the community had the final say. Matches were decided upon by committee. The mating partners, this is, right? Employing a process called mutual criticism, in which the group would exhaustively discuss an individual's faults and virtues while he or she was compelled to passively listen. <laughs> That is hell. <laughs> Talk about me behind my back, please. <laughs> You're wrong, Jess. This is heaven on earth. Yeah. Here are the 50 faults that are wrong with you. Now go and fuck that guy. <laughs> that is awful. I saw I watched one YouTube video that compared it to uh, uh, George Costanza's dad's airing of grievances <laughs> at Festivus. <laughs> which is fun for those who get it. Um, <laughs> the criticism sessions weren't restricted to matching mating partners, though. Britannica describes these sessions as the central feature of the community, saying that they were attended by the entire community at first and later, as the community grew, were conducted before committees presided over by noise. For those subjected to criticism, it was a nerve-wracking ordeal. 
Yet the sessions probably had some therapeutic value as a means of releasing feelings of guilt and aggression. The criticism sessions were also a shaming technique that enforced social control and were a highly successful device for promoting community cohesion. So what you're saying is, bring them back into high schools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, back to Noise's uh, bonkers sex theories and the reasoning behind sexual continence. According to writer Ira Mandelica, Noise believed ejaculating drained men's vitality and led to disease. So you know how I said they couldn't, they couldn't nut while boning? You did say that, yes. I will never forget it. And I forget most of this podcast as soon as we turn off the microphones. But this will be burned into my brain forever. So he says ejaculating's bad, full stop. Yes. Don't do it during sex, but also just don't do it ever. Okay. No private sessions. What, what do you mean? <laughs> You've never gone solo? <laughs> never had to. <laughs> Don't hide your regret face from that side of the room. Oh, well. There we go. Yeah, you all saw that shame in his face. Going, I hate myself. <laughs> like so much. Yeah. As a result of, of the practice of sexual continence, though, it also led to increased sexual satisfaction by the women of Oneida. I guess because they couldn't ejaculate, they couldn't prematurely ejaculate, you know, so... Sure. Hang on, hang on. Oh, this is a phrase you probably haven't come across <laughs> before. You can't, you can't put it together. I love a late, a late night premature ejaculation ad from Matt, which is, hey guys, have you ever thought about not ejaculating at all? <laughs> Problem, Problem solved. solved. Oh, yeah, you want me to go on? Um, <laughs> but while there were some positives, Day also warns that there were plenty of messed up stuff as well. It's funny that writing it to this point, I didn't think of any of the other stuff was messed up, but... <laughs> now, now we're going to get... Sorry to bring down the tone from here. <laughs> uh, for instance, she writes that noise encouraged the uh, spiritually unenlightened to take sexual lessons from their spiritual elders, who were almost always their actual elders... As a result, cross-generational sex was common at Oneida. Just move on This half quick, hated that. <laughs> What's wrong with old people? I, can teach I think it was lot. more the young people part. Oh, the, oh, is it super young? Oh, you were right. You were right. <laughs> you were right. I just thought you hated old people. That's okay. That is, that's fair enough. Yeah, old people can bone other old people, sure. Leave the kids alone. <laughs> That's my hot take. Glad we got that on film. All right, Pink Floyd. Uh, on this, Waylon Smith said... There's a delay there. That was good. They got your Pink Floyd joke. <laughs> oh, hang on. Just got it myself. <laughs> <laughs> on this, Waylon Smith said, the thing that bothers me is that the people who initially signed onto this thing were consenting adults. Then what happened, once the new generation came up, they were born into it. They didn't know anything else. So it's just like, yeah, that is... Yeah. That did. Um, <laughs> Noise was a believer in capitalism. This is a new topic. And according to Day... Hey, but wasn't his whole thing communism? Yeah, I know, that's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they call themselves communists. 
the spirit of capitalism, this is a quote from Day. They call themselves communists. The spirit of capitalism had been alive and well, though, at Oneida since the beginning. Noyes himself declared that money-making is the soul of the world. Okay. Classic Christian stuff. Like it or not, and that in order to subdue the world to Christ, we must carry religion into money-making. Okay. They made money from a range of things over the years. Early on it was logging and farming. But when a new member arrived with a design for a new steel hunting trap, the community started the manufacturing and sale of Oneida traps, which according to Britannica, were considered the best in the land. <laughs> what a weird place for you to pause. <laughs> Surely they'll have a joke about this. <laughs> I just thought you would have been super impressed. <laughs> and I was, yeah. A sex cult made the best hunting traps in the land. Yeah. I'm super impressed. <laughs> Do go on. So, uh, and this sort of kicked off uh, a real golden age for their manufacturing. Uh, over the years, they also manufactured and sold other things, including hats, <laughs> canned fruit, and leather bags. Ooh. Uh, but in 1877, they would start working on a product that would be associated with their name for many years to come. Silverware. This came at a time when the community was starting... Do you starting understand now what he meant by dinnerware? <laughs> Look, uh... Or are you still thinking P. <laughs> Jackson? I'm going to... I'm going to come clean here. I understand how we got that so wrong. Yeah. I'm going to come clean here. I really thought you were talking about something that you would wear to a fancy, fancy dinner. <laughs> It was only that exact moment where I realised I was wrong. <laughs> and only that exact moment when I realised that you were wrong. Dinnerware. Dinnerware. Was anyone else with me? What is wrong with you? I'm yeah. a charismatic cult leader. Fair. You're right, we're the problem. Yeah. So they started making this silverware in 1877. At this same time, the community was starting to fall apart. You know, stuff you can put on to go to dinner. <laughs> yeah, silverware, same thing. It's just silver that you wear. Yeah. Peter, Peter Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I just thought you'd lost your mind. <laughs> when you said Peter uh, Jackson, I'm like, you thought, oh, what's a jingle? Yeah. No, I knew where he went and I wanted to just hold well, on. Well done. Thank you. Well done. Yep. Yeah, Thanks I'm so feeling much. really dumb right about now. <laughs> yeah, you're How does it feel to be even quicker than me and Dave? <laughs> Normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> Generally speaking, it sounds like the children of the stirrup cultural unions, and I think they even called them stirrup cults, the kids. Weird, but anyway. That is weird. So the strip cult kids grew up to be less into the whole cult lifestyle than their parents. Classic rebelling. Yeah. You know when your parents are in a sex cult? <laughs> and you're like, not for me, no. mum and dad. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, it's a tale as old as time. Uh, this, <laughs> this resulted in diminished authority for the spiritual elders and had flow-on effects that threatened the fabric of the community. Oh. Noyes tried to pass on his leadership to one of his sons, Theodore Noyes. But this led... It's a little bit funny. <laughs> noise is just so good as a surname. Yeah. Noise. Bring the noise. Fuck yeah. I'd say that 
at the end of every email. (laughs) 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 Bring the noise, regards, just noise. (laughs) (laughs) So we try to pass... Try to pass on the leadership to Theodore, uh, but this led to further unrest as other members also wrestled for the leadership. Ultimately, passing on the leadership to Theodore was unsuccessful, partly because he didn't believe in Jesus. Uh. Hard to lead a Christian cult when you're not really on board Christianity, Mm. um, apparently. That does make it challenging, yeah. Uh, As the original members were getting old and dying, the remaining members debated about how things should be in the community. A lot of the rebellious younger members weren't into the sex cult lifestyle and weren't keen to get into traditional marriages instead. Around this time, the commune started getting some bad press. Uh, Throughout the preceding decades, the community's contact with the outside world was generally positive, but now a negative campaign against the community was being run by Professor John Mears from Hamilton College. And Mears organised a protest against the Oneidians that was attended by 47 clergymen. Oh, that's, that's a lot an of annoying them. number. <laughs> Could two of them have stayed home? 45 would have been okay. 45's okay. We have 49, a beautiful number, seven sevens. It's 40, you said 47. That's what I'm saying, two more. Oh, I see what you mean. Grow up, Jess, honestly. Sorry. Keep up or get out of the car. <laughs> doot, doot. <laughs> that, that classic phrase. out of the car. <laughs> I've got keep out or get out of the car t-shirts being made. I think that's <laughs> going to catch on. Yeah, great. <laughs> uh, a man named Myron Kinsley tipped noise off that he would soon be arrested on moral charges relating to the commune's polyamory. So in the middle of the night, noise ran away to avoid arrest. Yeah. Ending up in Ontario, Canada. Like a cool, tough guy would. Not tough, but certainly a guy who doesn't really believe in... He doesn't have faith that things are going to be okay because he's doing the right thing, right? Oh. I don't know. Am I being a bit cynical there? Maybe. Sorry about that. Uh, from there, he wrote home to his followers, suggesting that, the ba- uh, that they bail on the whole complex marriage idea, which they did. Uh, though it does sound like the younger members were already sort of bailing on it anyway. Mm. Uh, this was in 1879, and by 1880, more than 70 members had entered traditional marriages. So they were keen to... Do it old school. Uh, what position is that? <laughs> old school? Mm. I don't know. What's, what's more bland than missionary? <laughs> Not doing it at all. <laughs> Thought you'd have the answer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to go backstage and for you to apologise profusely <laughs> for that. <laughs> I'm so sorry you're a virgin, Jeff. <laughs> All right, um, I don't even have to do it back there now. Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure you started that earlier. I'd have to get to the tape. I don't think I did. Not all the members were happy with the change, though. On the final day of complex marriage, where you were still allowed to bone anyone, one of the more popular members of the community, oh. Terza Miller, who Wayland Smith describes as the most sexually sought-after woman in the community, oh. said goodbye to the old system by boning three different men. Yeah! Literally went out with a bang. Uh, Day writes... No, sorry, went out with bangs. Bangs. She's got a haircut too. (laughs) (laughs) 
They writes, by 1880, the community had established a commission to decide if the experiment would continue. We now have no government worthy of the name, reflected one older community member. The council is a failure. The young people just do as they like. That could be, that feels like an old person in every generation, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're no longer having sex all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun flipperoo. <laughs> Come on, kids, let's bone, everybody. <laughs> Let's like, go no, out and practice you. unsafe sex. No, thank you. <laughs> but do not come. Dude, <laughs> you not dare come in my house. Bone as much as you like. But you dare not come. <laughs> or splooge. <laughs> I know how you kids talk. <laughs> Noise never returned to the United States to face any charges, but he remained influential over many of the other members by letters. One example of this is when a younger member wrote to him asking for advice as two different members had asked uh, her to marry them. He wrote her back suggesting that she marry neither. Instead, suggesting she marry Myron Kinsley, the man who tipped him off about the impending charges. <laughs> a, ma a man who was decades older than her. She took the advice ah. and married old man Kinsley. So he had this weird power even via pen palmanship. Uh, Noyes also went about trying to set up a similar, similar commune in Canada, even attempting to enlist some royal help in his quest. This is from Wayland Smith again. He literally thought, okay, I've been booted out of New York. I'm going to start trying to do the same thing in Canada. And I'm going to try to enlist the Queen of England to join my campaign <laughs> to start God's heaven on earth. It was so delusional. This is his blood relative talking. It was so delusional, but he writes about it in a very calmly and matter-of-fact way in his diary. Anyway, so I'm contacting the Queen. <laughs> I reckon she'll be on board with this bone lifestyle. And she was! Yeah. Right? Um, she didn't reply. Aww. Seven years after fleeing the commune in 1886, Noyes died in his mid-70s. Also, obviously, not curing his... Hmm. ...word that means you can't die. Can die. What's that? Mortality. Thank you. <laughs> something you so, so crave. <laughs> Please, Put me let out me of die! It's <laughs> been walking this earth for centuries. After his... To them, I'm old because I'm six and a half years older, so they... Yeah. He holds uh, on to that half. It's seven years. It's probably mate. six and three quarters. <laughs> well, because you don't know. Everyone else knows. Remember? Yeah. Did you forget that? No. That's, no, no, no. that's you projecting, mate. <laughs> After his death, <laughs> after his death, one of his stirp cult children, who he called Pierrepont, or Pierrepont maybe. Pierrepont. Pierrepont. Uh, I really prefer Pierrepont. <laughs> <laughs> so Pierrepont <laughs> noise moved the group even further towards industry. The commune had been dissolved, but some true believers stuck together and lived in the Oneida Mansion House. They started a new factory at Niagara Gorge under the name Oneida Company Limited, making dinnerware. A pretty big... So, suits. <laughs> what so do ladies wear to dinner? Uh, lady suits? Good point. Yeah. Love ladies can wear suit. suits too, Jess, please. Yes, but they must be lady suits. I cannot stress <laughs> that. 
What are you talking, shoulder pads? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's a fair departure. They've gone from a commune to a Oneida Company Limited. Uh, Day writes, Pierrepont and the other Pierrepont and the other Derp cults were energetic and determined. Their aging parents were depressed, though. His mother, Harriet, wrote in her journal, the new year has begun and we now bid adieu to communism <laughs> and we enter Oneida Company Limited with all its terrors. I have no pleasure in the contemplated change. Oh. She was shattered. Yeah. It's like hippies. It's kind of like, yeah, hippies. <laughs> and then their kids being yuppies or something. <laughs> Both of those are such old terms from before my time, but hopefully that helps you guys understand what I'm talking about. Thank you. Crystal clear. <laughs> As the company grew, they made sure they looked after all the workers, making sure they all had a living wage. So some of the... You know, the communal stuff still lived on. And at the end of the year, they split the profits in half, one being kept by the company, the other half being split equally, equally amongst all the workers. So it's a pretty sweet setup for a, um, a business back then, yeah. for the workers. According to Berman, Pierrepont B. Noise transformed the more modest manufacturing operation that had once sustained the community into a prosperous, high-end silverware empire that marketed its products to precisely the sorts of bourgeois households its founders would have disdained. Oh. So just in one generation, yeah. Uh, the company continued to thrive into the 20th century, but knowing that their sex cult origins might hurt their classy silverware image... <laughs> Day was this fork made by a sex cultist? <laughs> I feel real naughty eating these hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> Uh, Day writes, in 1947, the descendants of Oneida gathered every diary, every letter, and every document they could get their hands on that told the story of their family's sexual licentiousness and experimentalism <laughs> and burned them. Oh. Uh, obviously, some writings survive, though, or I guess I wouldn't have been able to tell you all this bloody story tonight. The company is still thriving today and does mention John Humphrey Noyes and their origins in the Oneida community, though it doesn't mention any of the sex stuff on the website. Huh. Are they allowed to come now? Yes. <laughs> Thank yes. God. Yes, yes. Good question, good question. Thank you so much. Uh, th so, that, so they dissolved it in 1880. So for a long time that commune has been done. Um, that pretty much brings me to the end of the report. If anyone is interested in where the company is now... Uh, this uh, is, uh, is anyone... <laughs> he left a long pause there and none of you took the opportunity. <laughs> It's I feel hot up here, so I can only imagine it would be warm out there, and that's the only reason they've lost interest. Yeah, because they um, are certainly under the same hot lights <laughs> that we are. So th this is from their Wikipedia page. It says, Anida, this is currently, Anida is one of the world's largest designers and sellers of stainless steel and silver-plated cutlery and tableware for the consumer and food service industries. So when do they stop with the suits? Okay. <laughs> We're all wondering. It is also the largest supplier of dinnerware to the food service industry in North America. So they're huge. The company operates in the United States, Canada, Latin America, Europe and Asia, marketing and distributing tabletop products which include flatware, dinnerware, crystal stemware, glassware, kitchen tools, gadgets and dildos. <laughs> that last one was a fake out, but I needed to finish on a laugh, so thank you That's so much. Oh, great work, Matt. Oh, 
We've all learned a lot tonight, mostly for me, what dinnerware means. <laughs> I, w I could have taken a backstage briefing, to be honest. <laughs> Feeling a little foolish. But a, a great report. Oh, thanks, Dave. Jess, how are you feeling? I'm good, thanks. Oh, dizzy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would be. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for coming out on this beautiful Saturday night to join us here at the Giant Dwarf Theatre. We appreciate you Give yourself out. a round of applause. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I guess we should finish the episode for the our friends who are listening at home before we can tell the people in the room how it really is. All oh, right, yeah, so we'll do, a f we'll do a fake ending now. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much to the Giant Dwarf Theatre for having us tonight. Let's have a big round of applause for them. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for coming out tonight, uh, for joining us here in Sydney. It's been an absolute hoot being back here. But until next week, we'll say thank you for joining us and goodbye. Laters. Cheers. Bye. Geez, they, they are clapping like that's a fake ending. Yeah. People at home are going to be like, they hated it. Wow. <laughs> that's one of their worst shows ever. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, growing, getting bigger, it all means the same thing. Squarespace <laughs> makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And if you're worried about like, well, I don't know how to write stuff for a website and make myself look good, well, you can get help with the written content for your website with Squarespace AI. You can generate instant personalized results that highlight your brand identity you can explain what your site's about choose your tone enter what you need and bang you got some short and long form text baby so squarespace ai makes it easy to go live stand out and succeed online i'm so glad you had that bit because i thought it was pronounced squarespace ai <laughs> anyway sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses or sell files your customers can download. I don't know if I'm hitting all these words as <laughs> intended, like PDFs, music, or ebooks. I would love to buy Matt's ebook. I'd like to buy Matt's course, and you you can do that. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Be more like Matt. Oh, one hundred and one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How many? One, does it go to one hundred and two? It goes all the way to one hundred and two. <laughs> wow. You can customize everything with next generation editing technology. You can create engaging lessons your audience will love and then set the price. You can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Matt, how much is it to be more like Matt 101? Oh, three mil. Wow. Wow. Like per month or? Yeah, USD. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com slash do go on. Wow, that was a what a great show that was. We haven't already recorded this section, 
and realised that we didn't record it. We didn't. We collectively all failed to equally record this episode. I mean, we're both here. I've got my phone. I could have been recording it on my phone sitting here. Here I am expecting you, Matt, to be the one recording. I pushed the record button. I thought, what more could you need to do than push record to make something record? Well, there's always that bit where you got to look to see if it starts. Yeah, I did that. I did process. that about 20 minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, be more specific. But in that gap, there was some, some riffing that we're going to try and awkwardly recreate because it was so good the first time It was around. so good. Well, mm. we went through, I mean, we talked, yeah, some of my favourite parts, which we don't have time to go through them all, <laughs> but I asked you what your words for uh, jizz were and bechamel sauce, bechamel. Bechamel sauce. Bechamel. Yes. Bechamel sauce is a real Lashings of bechamel yeah. sauce. <laughs> that was real good. Mm. Uh, Alistair, what was your well, I, I quite like gack. Gack. Mm. Yeah. yeah, gack. Sure. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I'm sticking with splooge. Yeah, mm. sure. I mean, uh, as, are, as are we all. Yeah. Uh, it was a pretty frantic time. We're all pretty stuck with splooge uh, Especially right if, now. You, if it make, gets in contact with water and it kind of oh. coagulates. Yeah, what is like that? that? Mm. Yeah. You would have thought that splooge would be water-soluble, Shit. and yet it seems to re- react against water. Yeah. What evolutionary thing is that? Maybe it's just hot water. Oh, uh, shower water. Shower water. But here's right. the crazy thing is that if it goes into somebody's body, it doesn't coagulate, which makes you think... Maybe you got to just add some salt or something to the water, and then oh. it won't do that or whatever. Okay. Right. Do you think people are filled with salty water? Like yeah. a, like a saline solution. Is that? I you. I mean, you're you're both closer to science than I am. I yeah. th- I think quite genuinely you are correct in that um, because we evolved from. I'm sorry, but because we evolved from sea creatures, the mm. the reproductive system of humans is basically a saline environment, because it is sort mm. of we have taken the sort of spawn into open salt water model mm. from back when we were fishes and we've sort of pulled that inside our bodies and taken a little ocean with us. Look at that. Uh, we got we got the primordial soup in there. That's right. In the primordial primordial soup can. Mm. And then you just come in the can, the can yeah. of soup. Like you would do any like like you would do in nature. That's what I call wow. <laughs> that's what I call spunk. I call it the primordial soup uh can. Spunk, I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, it's yeah, a classic. A Love a bit of spunk. <laughs> you got it. You got spunk. You got moxie. Mm-hmm. Mo- what about moxie? Yeah, I don't mind yeah. moxie. <laughs> good. That's actually quite nice. It sounds a little bit sexy, moxie. Yeah, moxie. Mm. Yeah. Jeez, showed a little bit of moxie there. <laughs> By that I mean cum. Cum. <laughs> showed a bit of cum. Just held up his hand. <laughs> uh, so this brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show for the second what time recently. This time. Uh, for the benefit of the recording, it is the fact, quote, or question section, which is where one of our Patreon supporters, who's gone to patreon.com slash to go on pod, gets to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. They also get to give themselves a title. This is for the supporters who are on the Sydney Scheinberg Deluxe Rest in Peace level. Um, And this week, it is Mr. Justin McCain. Oh. And he's uh, given himself the title of Prisoner LZ427, incarcerated for impersonation of royalty and pla- practicing medicine without a license, serving mm-hmm. 25 to life. I reckon that's a reference to something. Any? Uh, no, maybe it's not. Um, I don't know. Oh, impersonation of royalty and serving a prison sentence and medicine. I mean, there's a lot of elements in there. there Sounds like a sort of a man in the iron mask, but the mask is a surgical mask. Mm. Man in the iron surgical mask. That's what we'll call the film uh, made of. <laughs> man in the surgical mask treating someone with an iron deficiency. Yeah, right, I mean, that makes you. sense. Uh, 
so yeah, you can call yourself anything. You don't have to give yourself a, like a some sort of a jail sentence. That's the first time someone's titled themselves with with also a you know a twenty five to life. Maybe that's a reference to your episode about the Unabomber, which I listened to recently. Very fun episode oh. where in his his um his you, you mentioned that in his uh, high school yearbook or his high school reunion or something, he quoted his 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 honors as being oh, I did, a yeah. prison sentence. Yeah, his, that's right. His life sentence. Maybe he's doing a, a, a very deep cut, well, oh. quite a shallow scrape <laughs> reference to a recent episode. It could be. Wouldn't Man, that was him, a good episode, Matt. You, 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 you crushed it. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, mm-hmm. that really one. brought it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really, I went deep. I went deep on the Unibom. We're going to do a follow-up episode about that. Uh, maybe as a Patreon bonus episode about the... Um, What's it called? The what? Well, the testing they did the CIA testing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, because he was a part of that. Yeah, right? he was. That, he, Which I didn't have time to go into. Some of the psychological experiments done yes. by the CIA. Wormwood, that TV that's show. Like, that's like M something. I'm blanking oh, on it at the moment. M Sigma or something like that. Or? M Night Shyamalan. Yes. I, it's, I know it because it was also the name of a of a like a machine. <laughs> I can't think of the band's name now either. But like Muse, it was a Muse song title as well. MK Ultra. Yes, that's MK it. Yes, 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 yes. Mind control, conspiracy theories. That's the reason that the media is so anti-Trump. Right. Yeah, ah. I think. I think. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I could be wrong. So Justin McCain's question to us uh, is, and this is, you're hearing this for the first time. Say you had to break out of a maximum security prison, mm. what movie would you emulate to break out? Okay. Mm. Uh, Harvey Crumpet. <laughs> the stop animation stop motion animation what I do is I break out so slowly and in small increments <laughs> that they don't realise I'm moving oh. until they play it all back on the CCTV <laughs> at a much higher rate that would be fun I reckon yeah. that'd go viral mm-hmm. <laughs> break out like that you know and then and they, they, they see me escaping and they shout stop but I've been stopped the whole time <laughs> Except for when in between, where I was moving a little I bit, mean, but just not a much. A little bit not at a much. time. So much yeah. so that you, you're basically hiding in plain sight there. Mm-hmm. I love it's one of my favorite concepts, hiding in plain sight. Sure. Probably one of my two places, favorite places to hide. Really? Plain sight, yeah. Where's the other one? Concealment, probably. Yep. Yeah. They're the big two. Yeah. <laughs> or behind a hedge. Yeah. No. So I'm thinking, I mean, so classic breakout films. Um, I don't know. Harvey Crumpet. That is that's good lateral Cause, thinking. Well, because he, he didn't he didn't specify that you had to be a a, a jailbreak movie. That's that uh, is true. Well, maybe uh, I okay. Well, I was thinking something like um, the Shawshank Redemption, mm, right? But mm. in that, he did have to swim through uh, like a, an Olympic swimming pool of shit. So I mm. that bit I I don't know why would I choose that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the breaking out element from Shawshank yeah. Redemption, mm-hmm. but then I'm gonna add in a new element. Uh, Jim Carrey's Yes Man. Yes. Right, where I just have a real positive attitude about it. Uh-huh. Someone puts an offer to me, I say yes, and then for whatever reason, yes attracts yes, and I have a real positive life. I think mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Thank yeah. you. I mean, I'm the one that I would pick is... Sounds like the real prison there was the life that you'd made for yourself with yeah. your negative attitude. Exactly. And you broke out of that, even though you were still technically incarcerated with all those quite horrible neo-Nazis, but... <laughs> They're but what? the real freedom was in the mind. What's the deal with all the neo-Nazis being inside? <laughs> Wait, <thank you. laughs> it does seem to be yeah, like... Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, they all... it might be an MK Ultra thing. Right. They do all you... seem to be in there. Do you think that they're an overrepresented minority <laughs> of white people? Mm. Eh? Well, in... Yeah, but 
Look, I don't want to. I haven't seen the stats, but it does feel in movies. There's always a lot of Nazis. You don't see a lot of Nazis on the outside. Yeah, well, you not don't, not you proud don't buff ones with tattoos showing. I guess they're probably mm-hmm. wearing shirts when they're outside. Yeah, yeah. It's because of the those skimpy difference. outfits that they wear in prison. They <laughs> all get some. They all up. somehow just decide to slut it up a bit. <laughs> that is something I have. Yeah, I haven't really put that like uh, into words before. But you're right. Mm. They do skimp it up inside. <laughs> Skip it up on time. Anyway, I don't know why. <laughs> what um, film would you go with there, Al? Well, I think mine is is kind of, it's pretty, it's probably the one that most people would pick, but I think Anaconda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that I would sort of be, I would be in my prison cell and then I would, I guess, be asked to sort of be swallowed whole by an Anaconda. <laughs> yes. I would ask an Anaconda. Yeah. And then, um, and then I, they would go, oh, there's, this guy's gone. There's just an anaconda in here. And obviously, they're going to let the anaconda out. It's committed no crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. It would be illegal. Yeah, you can't to, hold me. Exactly. To keep the anaconda in there. And I guess as they're sort of releasing it into the wild, that's when I make my great escape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Through the butthole. <laughs> so it's quite similar to the, the Shawshank Redemption yes. finish. Yeah, yeah I guess it's just it's a similar pipe, but I got a moving pipe, you yeah. know? He he had to travel into the pipe, yeah. and whereas the, the the pipe travels me. Ah, that's beautiful. <laughs> Do it. What is a snake but a moving pipe? Mm, a living pipe. I I don't. Did I introduce who you guys are in this second <laughs> oh, take? I don't, I don't, I don't think don't so. Know. No, we're Alistair Trombley, Birchall, and Andy Matthews from, from Two in the Think Tank. Oh, you could do it for me. Sorry. Well done. No, hey. Thanks it's so great. much for inviting us in to do this little farewell. Hey, thank you so much. Well, for those who want to follow on from this, you'll be recording an episode of Two in the Think Tank straight We're just up. about to take these hot mics and this warm comedy energy of this room and mm. we're going to squeeze out another podcast. We're going to do it. our 201st episode because we just did our 200th episode, which went for 17 hours, which has been recorded and includes Jess Perkins on it. And it's really the perfect jumping in point for the podcast. I <laughs> think, you know, it's, it's one of those make or break type situations. <laughs> Probably. And Nick Mason was on it as well. He's Nick been Mason, on here yeah. a bit. Mr. Sunday movies. Yes. James Clement there. You um, know, people from Sans Pants Radio, all the bigs. Yeah. And you can watch it all from a, uh, also oh, there's a live YouTube. stream. Yeah, live yeah. stream on the uh, stupid old channel. I saw Meso uh, during the week. He was on Primates, and he told me he's watching it every day, an hour at a time. That's crazy. It's a really healthy way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Don't but strain yourself. Chunks. But but most episodes of Two in the Think Tank are just one hour, and one ninety eight is a good starting point if you just yeah. want a little t- t- taster. Yeah, we come up with five sketch ideas. Mm. Well, this maybe we can work that in as a bit of a warm up before you record your next show with the next part of uh, our Patreon shout out segment where I thank six of our Patreon supporters. And normally, uh, Jess would give us a game that's relating mm. to the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you could uh, write a short, give them a some some sort of a sketch. <laughs> Not not okay. a full not a right. well thought out sure, idea. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. We just not like they frank- normally are on the podcast. No, <laughs> we want maybe like a title and a very brief okay. synopsis. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Usually, not like you do on Think Tank so, where they're quite good and funny. These so, can be so just silly. Like, so we're going to do like six of them. So what what normally takes us an hour for to do five, yeah. we'll do six instead of the next couple. But we of can minutes. we can work. You just work it off quickly and nicely off their location yeah, or their name. Great. Right. Okay, it. so firstly, I'd love to thank from North Wollongong mm. in New South Wales, Australia, mm-hmm. Maddie Selvey. 
Yeah, well, Wollongong okay makes mm. me think of Wollongongs, and that makes me think of, of course the most important per- person on the uh, on the sheep shearing team. It's the man with the big gong oh, who hits yeah. the gong whenever they've finished shearing a sheep, right? Yeah, and right. sometimes it's going it's going so fast, they're shearing so fast, he's gonging so hard, mm-hmm. you know. Gonging and shearing and shearing and gonging. It's the There's... hardest job of them all. Yeah. And, and, and the, the second hardest job is listening to the gong constantly. <laughs> yeah. Which everybody else has to do. Yeah. So, so you think Maddie could play this role of the yeah, gong, the, the sheep gonger? He's mm. absolutely the gong gong. I reckon it might be a she even. Maddie? I don't know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Do you think She's that the queen of gong. Do you think they're gonging the sheep or do you think they're gonging the shearer? Or do you think it's a shared gong? I think Experience. everybody gets to bask in the gong. Yeah, I'd be so confused when watching old episodes of Red Faces. Mm. Not really, because they'd hear the gong, and that's a positive. You've achieved something. Mm. Correct. Red Faces, if Red gongs you, it's quite the opposite. Was, the, was his name Red anything to do with it being Red Faces, or was that just a coincidence? I think it must have. I think there used to be a show called Green Faces and, like, New Talent, and this was a play on that, which was hosted by Red Simons. I guess. I wasn't there for the beginning. Nah. I mean, I, I don't know if anyone was. I wish somebody knew. I wish someone knew. Anyway, what a great sketch it's, idea. It's probably an episode. <laughs> of I mean, let's uh, maybe sketch is giving it too, too, putting too much pressure sure, on it. Sure, Just sure. an idea. A concept. A concept. Yeah. A concept. Okay, great. Maddie Selvey, the, uh, the sheep gonger. Thanks so mm. much, Maddie, for your support. I really do appreciate mm-hmm. it. I'd love to thank from Luton or Loughton mm. in Essex. Michael Daly. Mm. Oh, Daly, like a podcast that comes out daily. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> there, that is a full-on podcast idea. Oh, well, there's a podcast that does that. It's called The Daily. Whoa. It's from the New York Times. Really? Yeah. Well, they, I mean, if you've got a big organization behind you, maybe. Yeah. But I but, feel like... Imagine but sometimes you could have an organization that's so big behind you that it'd be daunting and it'd actually slow you down. Right. You know? This is what a big cool thing for like for for daily stuff because I heard his name is My Cool Daily. Right? My Cool. And this will be a thing. This will be an mm. outfit that you buy that is all screens, all flexible computer screens, all over your body, yes. right? And then you just subscribe to like a fashion website, and your <sighs> body, like your fashion, changes like on a on a bi second basis, depending on what's cool. So over really? the course of the day, you're mm. just constantly shifting outfits yeah. to stay exactly on zeitgeist. That's that is sick. That's yeah. a great idea. That can't be that far away. No, we must. Now be that you've put it out there, I yeah. reckon that someone's already working on it, listening right now, going, "That's that's mine." Are you giving so. that? Hope so. You giving that out to the so. people? Yeah, they can have that. That's so. That's You're generous. welcome, Google. It's like you don't even care about your financial uh, well-being. Don't. That's a beautiful gesture. Could have sold that for a lot of money. You mm. could have sold that for a heap of money. And you need the money. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon. Hey, well, well, I think legally, if we say. Andy gets ten percent of all profits. Then I think that has to happen. Ooh, can that be ten percent off the back end? Yeah, off the back mm, end. Sure. He wants two points. Two points. I don't off know. The back end. Never yeah, really. Okay. Do you want anything off the front end? <laughs> no, nah, mate. Not no? interested. Wow. You yeah. couldn't. You couldn't give me the front end. No. Well, that's they're gonna. They're not gonna try. You Great. sort of asked for a reverse mullet there. Yeah. Two points off the back. Nothing off the front. All the sides. No, yeah. All the sides. <laughs> It's an interesting cut. But I like <laughs> it's it. It's not going to look good. <laughs> but that's, I mean, your new technology will be able to fix that up minute by minute. That's no, true. second by, by second. Mm-hmm. By second? Mm-hmm. Every two seconds or, or twice a second? <laughs> it's by secondly. Uh, it's twice every two seconds. Oh. Right. <laughs> that's what by secondly means. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Thank you so much, Michael Daly. Uh, I'd also love to thank from UT. What could that be? Can you Oh, Utah. Give me two. That could be what that is. Uh, from Utah, love to thank 
Alan, spelled with a Y, Harker, Alan Harker. You know, yeah. it's a mixture of both my parents' names. Alan Lynn. Yeah, Alan and Lynn. Wow. Do you think it could be both your parents somehow? Yeah, in Utah. They're on their honeymoon right now. They just got married. <laughs> That's cool. And they listen to your podcast exclusively, and they subscribe. I hope it's a real great sexy honeymoon. Oh, they're having a lot of intercourse. <laughs> That's what they and in between intercourse, during intercourse, they like to send message me via message. Facebook, by, via other podcasts that there's very slim chance I'll be appearing yeah. on through the format of a day. <laughs> yeah, that, I think you're right. I think it's from a place called Pleasant Grove mm-hmm. in Utah. Mm. Alan, do you reckon A double L Y N is a man or a woman name? Beautiful uh, name, I like it a lot. Mm, yeah, don't know, man. Don't know. I don't right. want to. I live and let live. Either, I'm not putting either way. It's right on. So the it sketch, right I, the sketch yeah. idea is um, parents texting you while they're having sex. Is mm. that the idea? Yeah. Oh, Alan, right. I reckon Alan will be stoked by this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a beautiful thing to be associated with. Mm. Very forward thinking. Very you know why? Why are we shaming parents for having sex? Exactly. I don't know. I'm not. We none of us would be here without that. Well, nearly nearly none mm-hmm. of us. There's mm-hmm. obviously some robotic stuff and other. You know, there's. I don't. Well, I'm maybe thinking of more in the future. The robots will be doing the kids <laughs> no, stuff, but there's other things. There's the test tubes and whatnot yeah. still. Um, but yeah, you know, shame test tubes. So why are we I shaming? Never shame a test tube. Why are we shaming parents for boning? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, so I, I call my right. penis the test tube. Right. If the testicle, because the testicles. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess the other bit is the test tube. Tube. Yeah, mm. that makes sense. Test tube. Yeah. Test tube and the testicles. Mm. This episode was a lot about parents boning, and then. Their kids. So that was the. the How f- are they making kids if the guys aren't ejaculating? Well, that so <laughs> they they men have sex a lot to spread the Christian energy mm. through their body to, so they become immortal. Yeah. Um. But they also did this other thing where they were allowed to. Uh, they some people were allowed to have kids, and when they decided to have kids, then as a group they would match people up after basically having an airing of the grievances against people, and then they'd match them up based on their sort of moral matches. This is actually sounds all right. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, I Again, think... I support everything that happened <laughs> in that uh, situation. Yeah, yeah. You're a big uh, noise Having... man. Yep. He's, that was the... The boss was called John... Something John Noise. Mm-hmm. I remember. Mm. Let me tell you. It doesn't matter. Um... Anybody it does, else it doesn't. To be it doesn't. John Humphrey Noise. Sorry, I just I felt like I should, needed to say that for some reason. So Alan Harker has come up with an invention where he texts or she texts parents while boning. No, no, no. The parents text you. Oh, the parents text you, giving yeah. you updates. Mm. Yeah, having yeah, a good but, time. Or it could just be, you know, why don't you call me more often? Right. Yeah. <laughs> In brackets, we're boning. Current. We're boning right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think you'll know. Oh, you'll know because it's the kind of text. You'll have a separate phone? That no, gets... I, think, I think you'll just know when you get a text, that's because oh, your parents, <laughs> that's your parents well, are boning. Well, think about it. What are the th- two things that parents enjoy? Boning yeah. and telling their kids that they don't call them enough. Yeah, and why right. wouldn't you combine those two things uh, to maximize yeah. your pleasure? It's like you know, it's like uh, doing drugs and then making love or uh, mm. asphyxy-wanking or something. You know, right. things that yeah. increase, heighten it. So and, why not? Text your kids yeah. how disappointed you are and I like while a, you're making love. Asphyxy wanking being combining two things that people make people very make happy. Very happy. Dying. Yes. <laughs> Getting close to dying and um, sitting down. 
Yeah. We don't talk about <laughs> sex this much on our podcast. No. We don't normally either. Yes. I, but, but I think one of the benefits would be that if you wanted your parents not to text you while, while they're boning... Then you need to call them more. Can, oh, we, right. can we just release this as our episode of our podcast? Because we need to record it anyway. Yeah, great, perfect. We can do it. We can do a, a, a double drop. Double drop. Yeah. Uh, I'd also love to thank. Uh, does not give an address, but Heather McClay. Oh mm. yeah, McClay. We, you know there's parrots that eat clay, yeah. so that they don't get poisoned by the plants that they eat. Yeah, and macaws, right? They do this in the uh, mm-hmm. South muck. American rainforest. Muck. There's the muck. Macaws, clay. yeah. Clay. Sure. Wow. And um, so this is a woman who actually has eats p- parrots. Eats <laughs> parrots. <laughs> she eats parrots. Who have eaten clay. Who have eaten clay so we... that she doesn't get poisoned from the immense amount of alcohol that she constantly drinks. Wow. Yeah. That's I guess, smart. I think, well, this is, well we know that, we know that um, like seabirds soak up a lot of oil whenever mm. there's an oil spill. Yeah. Feels to me like the seabird could be the perfect thing to line your stomach with when you're about to have a big <laughs> night. Yeah, and like so it's so, crazy, but yeah. I think the feathers are really highly absorbent. Drink alcohol and eat like sort of a lot of greasy food. Mm-hmm. So that way it'll absorb the oil and they'll stop the poison and things like that. Yeah. So you sop it up with a good diet of macaws and mm. well done. Heather Mc- and Heather McClay came up with that. Yeah. That's that's her idea, yeah. Well yeah. Done, and she Heather. also does it, and then she named herself after it. She was <laughs> an old woman who swallowed a bird. Yeah. yeah. Who's, who had swallowed a clay. <laughs> <laughs> a clay. Thank you so much, Heather. Uh, love to thank, from Brisbane, Queensland, Australia, Cameron Silk. Mm. Oh, okay. yes, cameraman. <laughs> the obvious part of his name there, being the camera. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Silk, he a, he's a, runs comedy rooms in Brisbane. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, sounds like a good really, man to know. Yeah, real good rooms too. Well, hi, Cameron. Nice. You anyway, see. I'm unemployed for the next five months and I'm getting really getting back into stand-up. And uh, if you need somebody desperately, Alice Trombley Virtual, I'm down here. Do you fl- Does he fly people up? I don't know. if I don't know. You should talk to him though. Yeah, great. Yeah, well, I mean, what, right what better? I thought I was. I thought <laughs> I was talking to him. You are. No, you're getting, you've got a direct line here. Mm. Is it wrong for us to use this this opportunity to like beg for work from your Patreon supporters? Yeah, no, he's I mean he's supported us. You yeah. know, the least he that could he could do. do is now give you work. <laughs> Additional <Yeah>. support. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I would reckon the SBC comedy room, he's run and sabotage, both real fun. Great. So nice. yeah, I definitely and Cameron Silk, I would definitely fly Alistair up. Oh great. If mm-hmm. I was That's you. really nice. I think I've m- may have seen him. Maybe we're friends on Facebook. I'm not sure now. Just while we're talking about silk, I would yeah. love to be uh, for us to have as an option the form of transport that those tiny spiders have where they unfurl a long strand of silk from their anus and then it gets caught by the wind and then mm. they get blown away. <laughs> yeah, like like yeah, like yeah. A, like a silk sail. Yeah, like a silk s- sail. And uh, you know, as I'm a just, public transport. Sure. Sure. Mm. I, well, not public transport. It feels like a quite a <laughs> private transport. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless other people can cling to your silk, but I feel like that in this society, that would be really frowned upon. Oh, okay. You don't so cling like to another a, man's silk. So Nick Mason, for instance, <laughs> stops driving trams. Instead, he starts shitting silk, mm-hmm. and you got to hold on to him, mm-hmm. and then he'll float you to the, your destination. That I could think, work. I think maybe you could do it with just by sort of like taping a bunch of bubble gum over your anus. Yeah, and then you sort of fill that up with <laughs> with sort of gas. air with gas, and eventually you let that huge bubble kind of. Carry you with Ima- the wind. Imagine if we'd never invented the wheel, where we would be at uh, in terms of mm. other forms of transport. I think that the butt bubble, mm. um, the airborne butt bubble. People would, do would talk be about the wheel right like it was this genius thing and where would mm. we be without it? Who knows? Back. It could be. Yeah, it's a crutch. 
Yeah. Well, I think I think the invention of the wheel is essentially what's led us to this climate uh, trouble that we have right, right now mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's the the use of fossil fuels and things like that. So if we had the butt bubble, that yeah. never would have happened, and mm-hmm. we would currently be living. Also, we'd, be, ca- we'd be capturing methane, keeping it out of the atmosphere. That's right. Yeah. Imagine if instead of inventing the wheel, those people in the olden days invented a solar panel. Mm. Yeah. Well, the butt bubble as well. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a solar, a solar panel butt bubble. Butt bubble. Yeah. Exactly. Cameron Silk, hopefully you realize everything we've just said there was in appreciation of you. Yeah, um, and this was, that was his idea. That was your idea, the yeah. butt bubble. Yeah. And well done for coming up with it. Yeah. I wish you were around there all those centuries ago. Mm-hmm. How long ago was the wheel? Three, four hundred years? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and finally, I'd love to thank from Kingsport in mm. TN, I reckon I'm going to say Tennessee. Tennessee. Uh, Emily Beersdorf. Isn't it great how Americans think that they can just give people the initials of the place that they live and everyone Mm. will just work it out? (laughs) I'm sorry, that doesn't doesn't happen. That's not how we do things over here. Guess what? We all did work it out, though. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, that's only because we're real smart. Yeah, that's true. But (laughs) that's unfair to put that on other people (laughs) who are less smart than us. Um, Sorry, what was her name again? Beowulf. (laughs) Beowulf? (laughs) Really? Emily Beowulf. It's my favourite of all the ancient Norse sagas, Mm. i got to say. Is it the only one? Yeah. Yeah. Emily Beersdorf. Beersdorf. Which is a translation of Beowulf. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like a German Beowulf, probably. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, who was the original Beowulf? Uh, Dutch. It's probably still Germanic, but but they were... um, would have been like what, like Norwegian or something like that, or yeah, probably Swedish or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Thing like that. Danish, maybe Danish, Danish, yeah, Danish, yeah. Danish. That's a thing that just makes me feel hungry every time. Mm. The yeah. Danes, yeah, isn't it crazy that once upon a time, if somebody had shouted, "The Danish are coming," <laughs> everyone would have run in fear. <laughs> yeah. But now everybody says, "Oh, good, I love a little pastry. <laughs> mm, I love some cold custard." Do you think anything's had a bigger turnaround from the terror of the Viking h- hordes? To a uh, you know sort of a sort of small flat sort of custody treat. I don't know. Uh, maybe outside of the sex cult that became a dinnerware company. Uh, I don't think there's been all around. Come been, on, turn around. So yeah, maybe. So maybe that's what Emily Baysdorf's business is. Yeah, maybe that's rolls it. into town on mm-hmm. her wheel powered car. Yeah. Well, she, she takes danger and then she goes to da- dangerous countries or once dangerous countries yeah. and learns how to change their image. Through food. Into right. Okay, so just one other quick example. We've gone the so Danish. Like, let's say Mongolia. Mongolia's yep. still, still looking for a pick-me-up since the, <laughs> since the fall of that empire. Yeah. You know, so you go in there and you go, how about this? It's, uh, you know, it's a chocolate sausage. She's <laughs> part of an organization called Pastry Chefs Sans Frontières. Yeah. <laughs> and you go in there and you go, all right, you guys need a, some, like a brand change. You know, mm-hmm. you guys just kind of seem like you're poor and, you, mm-hmm. and, and you're sort of former hoarders. Yeah. Not hoarders, but like a hordes. You know, like they don't hoard people, but they're they're people who would hoard. Right. You know, be a hoard. Be a hoard. Part of a hoard. Be the hoard. Yeah. Um, and then they go, yeah, you need to look. And then they just give them a chocolate sausage, and they say, "This is you go. We're going to call this a Mongolian." A Mongol, and so uh, and then a bunch of sausages in a plate. That's called a Mongolian hoard. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so that, it's all changed. That's great. Exactly. Well, Emily Bayesdorf, mm. that's a real worthwhile business that you're running there. Mm. Thank you so much for supporting us uh, and all the great work you do. Uh, what were they called? Pastry Dishes Sans Frontier? Yeah, yeah sure. And I think maybe you could keep all that, that, that the, the, the Mongolian horde in a sort of a, 
quite what would be known as a Genghis can. Oh, Genghis you know, can. They would come yeah. in a Genghis can. Which is a jar. Yeah. Kind of jar. Sausages <laughs> in a can. <laughs> Chocolate sausages in a can. This is big. <laughs> this is real big. Well, th- uh, thank you to all of those supporters, Maddie, Michael, Alan, Heather, Cameron, and Emily. Uh, and thank you, Andy and Al, for coming in and helping me to go through all those great people's Gosh. names. Thank it's... you for the opportunity. Yeah. So you, you are literally just about to record an episode. One more time for the people who want, who want to hear your other episodes. And that it goes back, what, seven years you've been doing it on or off? Yeah, a long yeah. time. 200 yeah. episodes. And the, it, the long one has a lot of guests, but you've also had guests. I've been on a, a bunch of episodes. Sure Jess have. has been Look on a few. some of those up. They're all fun. Uh, Jess, Mesa. Is, Jess is, that was the first time we ever oh, got Oh, that was the her. first time? Jeez, yeah. she's hard to get. We keep trying to book her and she's always busy. So that's what why we had, we had to record a 17-hour episode. <laughs> you go, are you available at any point during this day? <laughs> yeah, that's smart. Yeah. It's the only way to get, get Bob. Uh, I'll put a link to the sh- uh, the show in the show notes. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And now I'm trying to, without Dave and Jessica, I forget how the show ends. I know I say laters. Jess mm. says bye and Dave says something else. You, says, you be Dave. Yeah, he goes, sayonara. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's getting cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> laters. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.